a job you would hate in real life is way more fun when it's a video game and it's like yeah. themed like something. Like for a while when I was doing like a lot of invoicing, you know, it's just bit bullshit data entry stuff. And then I'd go play RuneScape, which is <laughs> the same fucking thing. You're literally just clicking dragons instead of num- like. Or you, yeah, that's totally. I mean, RimWorld, it's literally just I'm designing the logistics chain <laughs> for a small ranch outpost in space. <laughs> and every once in a while, I'm like, hey, we should get some people together and go trade some of our cows at this uh, village that doesn't hate us yet. <laughs> yep. Welcome to uh, Now You're Playing with Podcast, the podcast for me and Weston. It's us. That's us. Go through the Nintendo Power magazines. Uh, one issue at a time. One issue one, one, one volume. One volume uh, at a time. Technically yeah. volumes. We're on volume 35. Uh, it's April 1992. Uh, and in real life, I feel like we're, we're going to have a like We're doing a nights episode. It's the morning, but we've got nights energy. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's, so, that's what's happening. Sometimes it's the morning and it's morning energy. Sometimes yeah. it's morning and it's we're morning night energy. Podcast nights. Um, oh, it's a perfect time to do the funk beat. Here we go. Morning nights. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> this, is yeah. a, this is a WrestleMania issue. WrestleMania is the, uh, the cover. Cover. Oh yeah, I got it. Just pretend there was. Just pretend there was a slow roll in there because uh, the actual slow roll we we cut because it was a little heavy. (laughs) A little too intellectual for this podcast. Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, honestly, I mean that that was weird. It's about uh, uh, classism, I guess. Wage. Uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It it was. uh, Yeah, we'll see if it makes the final cut. Wage discrepancies, wealth discrepancies. and and nowhere can nowhere more clearly will we see wealth discrepancies than uh, Hulk Hogan slamming a guy that I don't even recognize. No, yeah, on the I, cover of this magazine. I don't. I don't. I'm not super well versed in wrestlers, but I I like it. It's fun energy. I owned this game. Really? But yeah. It's, is it a Super Nintendo game? Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I have a weird here. Okay. Me and wrestling. I like the idea of wrestling way more than I like actually watching wrestling, but I really like the idea of it. I like, I like, um, Royal Rumbles are fun. Yeah. SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's like theater, right? It's like carnival performances. It's all, I mean, we talked about this on the pod. Like the one thing that wrestling games don't have that I think they should have is you should be like in on the work, right? It should be behind the scenes <laughs> of like actually. Yeah, that'd be sick. So instead of a wrestling game, you know, like this, which is just kind of a fighting game with a bunch of holds and throws. Yeah. What if you could like, when you, you go to grab a guy 
And then you're arguing over what you, you know, he's, he's like do X, Y, and Z and then dance, dance revolution style. You got to enter all the moves as he slams you mm-hmm. around and hits you with a chair. That sounds fun. Yeah. And then, um, you get in trouble with like the evil guy that owns the corporation. <laughs> um, and he like sidelines you has, has a talking to. Yeah. 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 Then you, then you go home. Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Mailbox. <laughs> got something on this uh, Super Scope 6 ad? Yeah, I don't know. The Super Scope was so early on in the SNES. I guess it makes sense because I guess, like, my guess is right. It's the, they thought the whole having a 10 billion accessories like they did with Nintendo. They're like, are we going to do that again? Yeah. Did we do that again with the Super Nintendo? There were uh, a lot more light gun accessories for Nintendo weren't there than there yeah. were Super Scope games because after this you really just have I think they did two dedicated games and then I think a couple of third parties supported it yeah the Super Scope is sick though um it's like they just like upgraded the gun to like it's like it's got a shoulder mount it's a bazooka it's a, yeah it's like it's like a toy bazooka that you shoot into the screen it's pretty sick you can use it to kill Kirby and Fox McCloud in Smash yeah it's a Smash item uh, it shoots little ping pong balls of energy. And you can like charge it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool stuff. I did. I also had like a used Super Scope. And of these games, I want to say... So the games are Laser Blazer. There's three versions of it, which is just kind of an on-rail shooter. And then there is a puzzle game called Blastris. Blast, that sounds awesome. Blastris, I remember being all right. Although it is Tetris where to spin a block, you have to shoot the block <laughs> with a gun. Yeah, it sounds like, it. I mean, like, frankly, it doesn't sound good, but it sounds like fun. It sounds, I'm, I'm glad it exists. Yeah, the one I remember playing is actually not pictured here, which is the, um, was it something combat? It's the okay. robot one where you're the fighting robot. like boss robots. That was cool because you had to, you know, you shoot them in their weak spot. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, do you see this thing in the mailbox where the Bill and Ted yeah, phone booth yeah, yeah, guy is back? Yeah, he looks the part. We had talked about him earlier. And he's Kenneth like, Grayson. Uh, he was kind of on Reddit, kind of being kind of a problem. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> 10 years ago. Okay. So wait, we should. So the full timeline is there yeah. was a contest in a previous issue where you could get the actual phone booth prop. From Bill and Ted. Probably the coolest contest to this date. It's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, oh, if only they could give us a cop car, though. That would have been even better. I know. Um, <laughs> so we looked it up at the time and found an old Reddit thread where a guy <laughs> claiming to be the winner of this, Kenneth Grayson, said, he's like, yeah, I was the one that won it. Yeah. And then um, talked about like uh, getting blowjobs in the phone booth and like <laughs> a bunch of just kind of <laughs> sketchy anecdotes and fun anecdotes, some sketchy, some fun. Yeah. And I have to, okay, here's he looks the, the part, honestly, like yeah. just getting that. I was like, Oh, it's like, just talked about it. And just, all he talked about was just getting drunk and getting blowjobs in it. And this kid looks like a kid who's on the path of just getting drunk and, and, and blowjobs in that. It, yeah. He looks the part. I'm he, gonna be honest. It looks like he has his t-shirt tucked in, which may have just been a nineties thing. I find yeah. that really gross. <laughs> uh, here. Okay. Here's the thing though. Is the Reddit guy really him? Because all the information that kind of made it authentic in the Reddit thing is mentioned here. Yeah. Yeah. 
the phone now actually works. See, that was the main two things where it's like yeah. the thread was like they couldn't even get it into my room. We had to take a window out of the wall. Yeah, that's like kind of like what gave them credibility. But we're looking here. And uh, all the information and is we're here. And all the information. So I think, uh, I think that guy's lying. Yeah, you think Drill or some internet troll <laughs> staged the whole Somebody thing in 2010. Some attention. Uh, there's also there's a section here where they're like, this is so, this is so corporate marketing, but like, yeah. Hey, tell us what you would do for a super Nintendo. And, uh, it's just kids like feverishly promising to do anything and everything, <laughs> including eating vegetables and doing their homework. Yeah. 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 It's, they're really, they're really like, that's, it's gotta be a weird scenario for them to be like, we are responsible for the king, the thing that all kids only like this is all the kids think about at this point yeah like we're changing yeah. uh we're shaping the world like you, to some degree like we're just like responsible for the thing that kids care about the most well and this so, is such a low-hanging fruit ask it's almost just yeah. like you know it'd be like get it okay so you're you're a, a movie star or a pop star or something and you post a thirst trap on your Twitter, your Instagram. Yeah. It's just like dangling low hanging fruit. Like, yeah. Hey, let's make some noise. You know, it's, it's like going to a military parade and saying, let's hear it for our boys in blue. It's just like, <laughs> everybody's here only for that. They're going to love it. Yeah. 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 They're just like, whoever's making this magazine just wanted a little bit of attention. Yeah. It, it's a flex almost. Yeah. It's like, look how bad they want it. <laughs> Which is also what Harry Styles would say. Or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's super funny. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a power move. Yeah. And also, um, I, at the time when I had this issue, I would have thought Brussels sprouts are gross. Brussels sprouts aren't gross. They're pretty good. Yeah, that is a thing. I feel like you just got to know how to cook them. Yeah, I, th- I think the telling thing, you know, this is probably the kids don't want to eat broccoli because it's just their mom making canned broccoli because being a mom is really hard and they have like 10 minutes to make dinner. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's probably in the prep. Yeah. Canned broccoli. <laughs> I don't think there is a, you know, but you, if there was, you know, it'd be yeah, gross. They're steaming it. You got, I mean, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to, you got to fry it up, right? Yeah, pop that shit in the, on a sheet pan some with spices. some like olive oil and some yeah, pepper. It's good. Some garlic. <laughs> Yeah, there's another uh, interesting like thing on this is uh, a note from Gail Tendon, Tilden or whatever. Right. They're talking about like epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's like a new thing. That's like, um, it sounds like it's like a new thing. Like people are like, what the fuck's happening? Like people right. are like having seizures and stuff. And people are like, why the fuck? Uh, it even like, she, like cause she goes as far in the letter of like, she's describing like, Hey, this is a problem. People have been like getting epileptic seizures and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And yes, video games. If you if you're prone to it, the they can f- cause that. The, she's very she's she words it very specifically. She's like, video games don't cause yeah. it, but flashing lights in TV and games and stuff could. I I don't know if I interpreted it wrong, but it almost sounds like people. Uh, it was happening to people who didn't know they had it. Yeah. So and they, it sounds like there were people who just thought that this video game they played just caused something fucking crazy to happen. The, yeah. This very much looks like a letter that was vetted by lawyers. Like, <laughs> oh this, yeah. Oh it's yeah. It's very carefully worded. It's like, Hey, but and to be fair, it's, it's not, it tries to be helpful. It's like, Hey, look, it sounds like what's happening is that maybe people don't realize, like you said, they don't realize they have epilepsy and they're having yeah. a reaction to it. So just, you know, 
And this is also probably before, like nowadays, like so many games like mention and they give you like an epilepsy warning. Right. This probably wasn't the case, right? That probably didn't exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the games were, uh, it was like that, uh, that, that toy gun you could buy in the nineties that was just a, a f- camera flash. It just strobed <laughs> bright light right in your face. Yeah. That thing, I saw like two commercials for it and I was like, that looks awesome. And then no more. Yeah. <laughs> it's immediately put out recalled. and recalled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like literally it's like an epilepsy gun that you can kill someone with. <laughs> you can't it's a gun you can kill some people with. Yeah, you know, it's it's a playset where you, you hold uh, one of the players' heads underwater, six inches of water for a minute, and then if they can do it they win. <laughs> where did the toy go? That looked really fun. Okay. Hey. It's everybody's favorite Captain America and the Avengers. In a NES game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, can't, <laughs> I got no notes. I, I, have you played this game? Do you have any, do you have any opinions here? I think I played it. I mean, the we- okay, so here's the weird thing. I remember nothing of this feature because at the time, I definitely knew who Captain America was. And I knew yeah. who Hawkeye was. And I kind of knew who Iron Man and Vision were. It was just a completely different world, like as opposed to now where it's like these characters, like for the last 10 years, 12 years yeah. have been everywhere. Yeah. And and this is like when it used to be um, kind of, I mean, this is back when if you liked this, you were a nerd. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is based on the comics, which were yeah. popular long running comics that are like, you know, even back then, like 50 plus years old. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the only thing I remember from this Avengers side-scrolling game is that um, there's the thing at the end. So, you know, Nintendo Power Features always show a whole bunch of levels. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like, and here's what's coming next. And I always found those outros kind of ominous. Yeah. Because it's like, wow, I don't know what's coming next. Oh, that's kind of freaky. (laughs) And this one just says, go west, young fan, go west. And um, that's super cheesy. But for some reason, that's the one thing I remember about this stupid feature of all of the stuff. Yeah. And just like these ridiculous, like I recognize these villains. Like one of the villains is the Mandarin who's shown up a bunch of times in, uh, was it Shang-Chi? He was the bad guy. And one of the Iron Man's, there was like a fake Mandarin. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't care at all, dude. No, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. What do you think about gorillas, the skateboard okay, motherfucker? I, I do, I do care a little bit more about this. This fe- actually, this video game I specifically remember because something about it just looked awesome. Yeah, dude, it's it's weird. Maybe it's, it's the Californian in me calling <laughs> calling out to Texas, being like, "Come home, son." Look, it's like got that weird isometric. It's like a two three game, <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the game is a uh, thrillers. Surfari. It's uh, the second teen town and country surf design game. Yeah. It's got a gorilla that skateboards and surfboards. Yeah, the weird... It's, yeah. A, it's an all right game. I just like the energy of it. it. It also doesn't look like... Because it's got that isometric thing you're talking about. Yeah. And, and the levels are layered. Like you're kind of working your way down left to right. Yeah. Uh, like snowboarding. If you ever snowboarded, you kind of like... Yeah, you kind of... 
back yeah, back yeah, in front. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're kind yeah. of switching back and forth as you zigzag, unless you're actually good at snowboarding. Yeah. Then you just duck down and you're just a straight just line going go. 40 miles an hour. That's how I do it. Yeah. Do you? When I ski, I just don't. I, it's just really dangerous, honestly. I'm yeah. just, I just like freaking bomb down the hill as fast as I can. It's hard to do on a snowboard because you have a lot less control than you do on skis. Yeah. Um, so, and you can't, <laughs> your, le- your legs are bolted to the thing. Yeah. Do you ever, do you like skiing? I, so I, I never went skiing. I used to snowboard. You used to snow. Okay. And I, nice. I, I missed it a little bit, but I was also, it's, I mean, it's a danger. It's like, it's kind of scary. Like I, I do feel like, um, the fun of it is like the fact that you're constantly almost dying. Like that's the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's why I'm still interested in taking up surfing again. Yeah. And, uh, probably not skateboarding. Was I surfing think harder, old. was surfing harder than snowboarding? It was harder. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty tough. Cause there's multiple. So snowboarding, what do you, what do you need to start going down the mountain? It's like, okay, well you gotta, you started out sitting on your butt yeah. and you gotta figure out how to stand up, which is not too bad without like putting the front edge of the board in and flipping on your face. Yeah. And then once you're there, it's like kind of figuring out the, um, the turning stuff so that you can start moving. Yeah. Surfing. I never even got to that. You know, I never got up on the board because it's like, all right, you got to learn how to go out through the waves and pedal through them. And then you have to get turned around and then you got to wait for the right shape of wave to start, you know, pedaling, paddling, not pedaling, (laughs) using your arms. Yeah. Um, paddling with it and then you got to be able to pop up on the board and balance which is hard yeah and then you can start surfing <laughs> yeah damn too many steps yeah so part of it's like i've always i've only ever done like short classes and stuff so yeah it's like well if you can't get up after a couple of hours that's the end of the class thanks for trying <laughs> <laughs> yeah just yeah I, I i've definitely seen that that's why i don't want to do it <laughs> it's good exercise man. yeah honestly Yoshi. Yeah, we got Yoshi's. It's, the, it's just called Yoshi. It's the Yoshi puzzle game where Mario uh, spins plates of monsters and Yoshi eats them. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like puzzle games where they just like throw like a Mario. Like there's a lot of like Wario's like, Woods. Wario's Woods. Like there's like Yoshi's Cookie. There's another Yoshi puzzle game. Dr. Robotnik's Green Bean Machine. This uh, is. Yeah, it's like it feels like where puzzle games not selling. So they're like, ah, I guess we need to like put a put it like a licensed face on it. Maybe I get the impression that these are not too expensive to make. Yeah. So maybe at the end of the NES's life, they're like, I don't know, puzzle games. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you like puzzle games? Like yeah. the Tetris and like this kind of style of game where it's just like, I feel like everything feels like it's just like, Oh, it's like Tetris. But now you <laughs> like a Tetris. Like, I feel like there's just a billion puzzle games where it's just the idea is you're, there's a big rectangle and you're bringing little pieces down mm-hmm. and there's Medios. a billion versions of that. It's just, you're putting little pieces to the bottom. Yep. Uh, and this is one of those. It's like, what, what, and you like that? I, man, yes. Like, you do. Yeah. I gotta, what does that scratch for you? Do you feel like it's just like, it's like, it's the, it's the, the kind of organizational part. It's the same yeah. scratch, uh, the, the same itch scratched as like rim world <laughs> speaking of where it's just yeah. like, all I want is for the food output and organizational structure of this little ranch to work perfectly. Yeah. 
while we research better, uh, you know, mortars <laughs> for fighting robots. Yeah, I get that. I I feel like I've got. I'm trying to think of like a game that I play that kind of like scratches that itch. You don't like? I mean, there's a ton. I feel like nowadays. I mean, Tetris is like the king. Yeah, but I mean, Tetris is really fun. But I'm not like I'm not like crave. I don't like crave Tetris ever. What about like Luminous? No, yeah, you know, like Luminous. I mean, I, I have fun when I play them, but I've never like got. I never feel like I'm never. I'm never hungry for it. I, I'll, I like, gotcha. If I play Tetris. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, I'll, I'll play. All right, that's cool. Res, I guess Res is a shooter. Yeah, it just feels so abstract that it's like. You know, what else is like? What's the modern? Is there a modern? I feel like Tetris kind of came back and stomped everybody. There's not a modern, like, huge puzzle game. Yeah, I mean, certainly no Tetris. Uh, Probably the, I mean, the turn-based stuff, like Word, uh, uh, Wordle is, yeah, like, really big right now. That's probably, like, Word, yeah. Like, I, I guess, like, just straight-up crossword puzzles, I guess, is kind of kind of a Tetris competitor. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing uh, uh, Sudoku on Across, my phone. Sudoku, yeah. Hell yeah. There you go. Pie cross is really pie cross. good. Is it pie cross? Did you call it pick cross? I call it pick cross. I'm sure they're both right. <laughs> um, do you want to just skip classified? Yeah, yeah. Get, get to this comic book. Hey, it's the Zelda comic. I very specifically remember this one. I must have read it a bunch of times. Yeah, chapter yeah, chapter four, the Master Sword. It's tough. I mean, I feel like every time I read this, I'm, I have the same thought. Like. Great, the art's awesome. Yeah, uh, the story is kind of bad, <laughs> and yeah. I feel the same way. That's how I still feel. This one is very plotty. It start it starts right where the last one left off, where Link is fighting a giant purple scaly desert monster. I can't yeah, remember like what it's called. Some weird, like it's creature the, that like it's like oh, like a sandworm from Doom from Dune. But it doesn't look like a sandworm, but it's like it goes in the sand and it pops up and it's big and scary. Yeah, and it's it's got an armor shell and Link can't hurt it. And uh, he's out in the desert and it, it's the boss from the third dungeon in Link to the Past. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. But then it, it does do something interesting that's not in the game, which uh, Link is ha- has a desert dehydration hallucination hang. Yeah. Um, And three super messed up things happen to him where he... He sees the wise man and the wise man tells him to do stuff. And then Link is, uh, then he sees his parents, the seal on the ground pops up and his parents and his uncle are there. So this is all not in the game, right? Um, yeah, that's not, this this is all, he doesn't have parents in the game that never happens. Or can you find his parents in the dark world? No, I don't think you do. Um, no, just the, I mean, even the uncle doesn't show up again. So, yeah. So he like, so this is like actually original story. Yeah, so they're finally like adding new stuff to the uh, Zelda thing. Yeah, and uh, they, they do something really neat where, so if you know Link to the Past, when Link first goes to the Dark World, he turns into a bunny. Yeah. Uh, because he doesn't have a thing to protect him and the Dark World like morphs you into a manifestation of your heart. Well, in the comic, they're like, nah, man, Link ain't a bunny. He's a wolf. And uh, when he reaches into this portal for his parents, uh, it like burns his arm into a wolf arm. Yeah. Pretty for, fucking dope. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Like right away, I was like, okay, they're actually doing something. I, I would say they don't really do anything with it. They just kind of give him a wolf hand and they're like, and like an old man's like, you have too much anger in you. It's very, star, and, it's very Star Wars-y. Like, which is cool. I was in. 
but uh, they don't really like, do anything. It just kind of just kind of happens. He just yeah. kind of gets a wolf hand, and he's told he has too much anger, and that's kind of that. I dig. So <laughs> I I would argue that it's not especially it's it's a little vanilla the storytelling. It's very Star Warsy, but yeah. um, it made me kind of understand what this comic does with the Zelda and Link relationship. Yeah. Um, with this moment. So he reaches into the portal and his hand gets burned and turned into a wolf hand. And the wise man says to him, he's like, Hey dude, you got too many negative and evil emotions in your heart. And that's being reflected. That's why you almost turned into a monster. Yeah. And, um, which I think is cool. Like I, I, yeah. I was in. And Link is like, yeah, but he fucking killed my uncle. Fuck you, man. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, but that's the point. You can't, you can't just do this out of hatred. Cause at the end you're just going to become a monster. Even if you win. Yeah. Uh, which is, is a little Star Warsy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's mythic. You yeah. Know, it's broad. I, like, I, I figure, like, to be honest, like, I do feel like with Zelda stuff, like, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Like, it going the kind of Star Wars mythic route seems, because that's what the game is, right? It's, like, very mythic and it's about, like, yeah. repeated patterns and, like. Zelda Zelda's not bigger than Star Wars from, like, a franchise oh, point no. of view, but it's, not. it's definitely massive. Yeah, but in tone, it's like always. It's like going for these really big ideas. Uh, yeah, yeah, and there's uh, and this introduces. So Link is kind of bummed about this because you know his internal state is also in his way. In addition to all the other stuff he's dealing with, yeah. and then Zelda shows up, and he thinks he's. It's an illusion, but she says something that's really cool that I always remembered from this, which she says, uh, "We're in our dream. If two people dream the same thing, they'll meet." And uh, so she kind of becomes this opportunity for him to like relax, but not give up. And um, I thought that was really great. And it's a very Lincoln Zelda vibe, if you will, that like the whole series has kind of had this where it's like the relationship between them is not romantic. No, but there's like this. and, And after Link just dealt with like, the the concept that inside of him it might be like monstrous or he might be really hateful yeah um to have this like really peaceful calm like moment is it was like okay this feels this is who zelda is for link if that makes sense like an anchoring point of um yeah and this is a look man this is a comic in a nintendo magazine yeah (laughs) but still like i like sure yeah you you kind of felt like it, it it made you feel something yeah, and then he wakes up and somebody has bandaged, bandaged his hand. See, what I kind of want is I want Link to just go down a really dark path and watch him get. I want, uh, I want him to become an antihero. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want blades will bleed, Link. <laughs> See, you were. Do you remember that era where everybody? So Ocarina came out, and then everyone's like, there was that uh, Nintendo preview trailer um at that one game show where it was like dark serious legend of zelda and everyone's like yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then wind waker came out yep and everyone was so mad even though wind waker is so wonderful totally so so you're you're that you're that fan you you want dark i want dark uh, you want twilight princess legend (laughs) of zelda (laughs) yeah i want him just to slowly turn into a wolf he turns he is a wolf in Speaking, the, of, speaking of Twilight Prince, yeah, he is. He turns into a wolf in that. That's game. right. Midna rides on his back. That was you. You know what I just realized is, <laughs> for like twenty years, the 3D Sonic games have been. I, from what I can tell, they're kind of mimicking that thing where it's like we have to give him a thing. Yeah. So, or or the the Mario games in Odyssey, he's got the hat. 
or you know, in galaxy, uh, I don't know, space stars. Yeah, I mean, galaxies like crazy, like gravity shit. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the the water gun backpack in uh, Sunshine. Yeah, Mario definitely always has like a thing. He's got a gimmick. It, but it works. And the Super Mario Brothers, it was the the screen scrolled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sonic games don't really always have that get. Sonic games, I feel like, are just always confused. Like in the 2006 one, they that was the one where he kisses a human woman. That was the gimmick, so, yeah. Uh, so- Sonic Sonic uh, has a human girlfriend was the gimmick yeah. of that game. Uh, James Marston is the gimmick in the Sinetic movie. <laughs> Dude, the Sonic movies are great, actually. I need, uh, Dude, I need to watch the second one. The second still. one was, was awesome. I'm so happy those movies are good. Yeah. Anyway, so he kills a giant spider and gets the third pendant. And then he gets the master sword. (laughs) End of story. And actually, his hand, when he grabs the pendant, his hand turns back to normal. Yes. Which I didn't really fully like, what did that mean? Did that mean anything to you? So I think in the game, did I miss some symbolism or something? There is like an orb or something that lets you stay in your human form in the dark world. Oh, so this is like the same idea. I don't think it was a, no, it is a pendant because the third dungeon in Link to the Past, you go up to Death Mountain yeah. and you do go into the dark world a little bit. So you think this was just like, so you think deep down Link is still the wolf. He, has, he, still, has, he still has much to learn. So I, I took this as like the comic saying like, oh, he's, he's good now. He learned his lesson. Yeah, because he got an object. He, yeah, which didn't he, make sense to me. But maybe, he, purchased, maybe, he purchased something. So now he's good <laughs> from the eye, uh, the eye of a giant spider. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Yeah, the the really fun kind of that'd be more interesting, honestly. Like if he, if if it just that's what it was. Yeah, you, I to be honest, like the reaction you had to where like, oh well, that kind of didn't go anywhere. Uh, yeah, the pendant is kind of that for me, where it's like, okay, well, there was a really interesting thing there. So are they going to come back to it? And I actually don't remember if they. Yeah, they so touch that, on that, 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 that was my critique. I actually, again, I, I'm with you. Like, I do think the whole hand thing. Like, I, I was pretty in for those panels, but just the fact that he like got this wolf hand, and it was like your inner demons are too bad. And then just later, he just kills a spider, grabs a pendant, and he's back to normal. I was like, yeah, it felt like they threw it away. Yeah, I mean, surely, yeah, it, it's just such a plotty comic. <laughs> like, it feels weird to have him in issue four get the master sword, which is a very cool sequence, and he looks super dope. But yeah. also, that's like, you know, that's issue 30, man. Yeah. So, Zelda comic. There you go. <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the Beer Break, brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! Play RC Pro-Am. Play with power. Pull up to the start. Taste the challenge. The power of radio control. If you can't take it, you'll need dust. Radio Control Pro-Am only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power. All right, let's get back to the guys. Uh, the thing that you just hit on <laughs> that is uh, that I think is really smart is you pointed out it's a feedback loop thing. It's feedback, this is not yeah. going to make any sense to anybody no, listening to yeah, it. No, yeah, should we be able to backtrack? So what we were talking about, uh, probably shouldn't have played that sound. I, I thought we were doing a do-over. Yeah, well, I guess we're, yeah, we're talking about like moments because we both do writing and comedy stuff. Yep. You're more in the middle. You're yep. okay doing drama or comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm mainly just comedy. 
And I'm just trying to think of like when have been moments in my life that I enjoy it. Like yeah. truly, like I truly am like, this is actually like a good thing in my life. And it's always when it's been a very quick feedback loop. Yeah. It's, like you're doing a live show, doing a live screening show, like, something, doing improv. I have a deadline. Up. Like I've got two weeks to make something and it's, it's going to go up and I'm going to see it in front of an audience and I make it and, and it's never seen again. And it's, I like, that's required. Like that's, I just need to, that's what I'm looking for. I feel like when I have time, cause I've got so much shit to do right now, but when I finally feel like I'm at a point of stability and I get to jump back into comedy and then like really get to do it again. I, I 100% just want to build that feedback loop again. I think that, yeah, a, a lot of us that have done that stuff, like the big reason why I just reconnected with an old comedy buddy from Berlin, like nine, 10 years ago. Yeah. And he's in LA now and very much is like, I want to make stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you got to scratch that itch. And it's, it's actually a separate thing from like the long-term building a career making stuff. Cause it's like, yeah, like what we were talking about is, you know, I'm about, I'm about to put out a book. Yeah. Paranormal School 13. And like, I think I by mean, the time this you, comes out. How long have you been writing that book for? Uh, like seven years. Seven years. Yeah, dude, that's a long fucking project. Not, not the whole time though. It was a lot yeah. of like panicking and out. quitting and coming back to it <laughs> and panicking and quitting. Yeah. And then it's done, but it, it's, uh, then you got to put the book out and there's just like a ton of work that comes into writing, marketing and launching a book. And it's. <laughs> you know, it's a years long process as opposed to doing a channel one-on-one show or something. Totally. And it's like, um, to be honest, like, uh, like, and I'm work, me and my group are kind of doing a similar thing. We're writing a movie's length of a web series. So it's yeah. like, we're, we're making an hour and a half hour of content in like one go. And the crazy thing too, is like what the ending of this is going to be and what the ending of like your book is like, I used to, I have had moments in my life where I've gotten that every fucking month, every yeah. two. And it's not like, I don't think all this like gunpowder, unless it truly like builds to an opportunity, if it doesn't, it might as well have just been in a month. Like, I don't think the feedback yep. I'm going to get is going to be substantially bigger than that like monthly basis I got during channel 101 or when I was like doing like a lot of like uh, live stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a really, this is why I always recommended people that write longer form or like work on these bigger projects, like make yeah. movies, work in TV, whatever. I mean, t- TV, like screenwriters, like what a grind because yeah, some of that is like kind of what actors deal with where you're spending so much time not writing, but schmoozing and going to meetings and yeah. planning and getting feedback and revising. And it's like, and then maybe one day that episode will be up on, you know, on screen. Totally. And like, there's moments where like, that'd be crazy to like write a movie and not fucking make it. And just, you're kind of like, well, I just guess I pat myself on the back for working hard on it. Yeah. That's not, I mean, crazy. Honestly, that's why I write books is because I control them, you know? So it's like, I know this story is going to get done and you know, that's good or bad. I mean, that's like kind of like why I'm trying to focus more on like trying to just get a day job that I like and putting the effort there. Cause I'm like, I just, have no part of me wants to do that smooth, like go through that route. Like the idea of like writing spec scripts or like doing all the things that like kind of on paper are the smarter thing to do. I'm like, sounds like a fucking nightmare. And I don't think I ever want to do that. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> even if you Probably get mature, I don't know, but I think about, you know, like I was, uh, I mean, even if a show comes out and it turns out good, what if it doesn't hit, you know, totally. And then it gets like, I loved Paper Girls. Like, I thought it was awesome. I went and read, read the comic. I think the cast is amazing. It was like something new. I loved it. And not renewed. I know, dude. Uh, it sucks. 
there's like one of my favorite t- what I would say is probably one, I think one of the best written comedies ever is Review mm-hmm. and that lasted two seasons kind of a, they kind of got like a couple extra at the end but that was two seasons and I was like even looking at it I'm like so a lot of those writers just don't work anymore like yeah that was it they like prove they can write an amazing fucking show and then now they're done yeah <laughs> yeah and I mean brutal if, if we want to get inside baseball about screenwriting, like uh, what's going on with the streaming people, like oh, scaling back right now yeah. and even outright deleting stuff that's done. Yeah. It's brutal. Like it is just yeah. brutal. Like working for a big company to make stuff has is filled with compromise that sometimes is pretty cruel. I know like that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people just quit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, I, I don't know. Like I, to be honest, I don't know how I would, do you think you would have the skin for that? Like, do you think if you actually like were like, I got the opportunity of my like, this is it, and it was like a scenario where you put your heart and like soul into it, and you try to make the best show possible, and it doesn't even fucking air? Do I you mean, think you'd be able to handle? Do you think you'd have the skin for that? I, I I've already dealt with like oh, kind of flavors of that. Yeah, I, I have not been hired to make a show. Yeah, like you know, I haven't been a showrunner or anything. But like, yeah, that that kind of like you know, the heat comes on a thing and then it's gone. It, it, yeah. It's brutal. Or, you know, like the book version of that is what we were talking about earlier, where it's like, wow, I finished this huge project and you just throw it out into the world and it's like a pebble, like plopping into a lake. And you're just like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) all right, I guess it goes into the library. I'm going to leave it online. And next. Yeah. And that's tough. Cause like, that's like, because at that point you're just (laughs) making something with career stuff. And like, I feel like I'm just so used to always doing stuff where like the goal isn't, is just to get attention for like again, back to those feedback loops. That's you. You can at least control that. Where um, it is, it can be safe. Yeah, depending like, on how you're doing it. Yeah, it's it's like a safe thing. Failure and rejection are part of the <laughs> are part of it, man. Yeah, like that that's part of like actually going for it and doing something that matters to you. Totally. Well, I mean, that's the tough thing too. Is like I I don't think it's I should discredit being in a good feedback loop because like isn't there's like that whole journey over destination thing as well. Like, Oh, totally. You know, like that I do think is valid and, and, and doing those things aren't unvalid. I feel like a lot of people do get opportunities from stuff like that. But, yeah. Uh, well, you guys have, didn't you get some heat off of a uh, bachelor? We got a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, so yeah, all the momentum I've have gotten. Cause yeah, I agree. I've gotten like little moments, but I've never had a moment where I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I've never had a moment where I'm like, oh, okay, we're, this is, this is actually going to happen. It's always been like, okay, here's some cool opportunities. I'm pretty sure nothing's going to happen. I judging by conversations I've had with people, I don't think anybody gets that moment. <laughs> yeah, no, totally for sure. But that's why I'm just saying it would be so brutal. Like if I truly at one moment felt like, okay, this might be it and have to have that pulled away. I, 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 that would be a pretty big punch to the heart. That's uh, or maybe you never feel that. Maybe it would be like irresponsible and irrational. Like I feel like if you get a show, you should probably should be like, yeah, this might be it. That's probably how a lot of people feel, and it's probably the valid feeling towards that. Yeah, there's a lot of showrunners that we should we should move on. Yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not even doing the podcast. All right, let's get back to the guys. Hey, here's a thing on the Star Trek Game Boy game. <laughs> uh, yeah, this looks like a piece of shit. Hey, this is like the one game I had for my Game Boy. Did, you take that back. <laughs> did you like it? It was all right. It, it's it's a a little bit better put together, I think, than some shooters. Like the production value is pretty good, and it does the. Honestly, this is a mechanic I've never in, 
I, I'm very mixed on, like in yeah. Starfighter sim games where you can balance your um, shield speed and weapon damage. Uh, yeah, I don't really like that. It's like, like the Wing Commander I th- series, I think, does that. Um, or Free Space was the one that I played a lot. So, you know, there's like kind of a mini game going on while you're playing where yeah. you're constantly tweaking your ship settings. Yeah, that's like there's a character in Smash Brothers, um, Shulk. Really? He can change, like, he can turn into like a mode where he can. He does a lot of damage, but he takes a lot of damage. And then you can take a mode where it's all muted. And I'm like, that's too much for me. I'm stressed. I mean, yeah, that's okay in a game like Slay the Spire, where it's like, I can think about this for a second. Yeah. So my warrior guy can do a ton of damage for the next turn, and then it goes away. Slay the Spire is so good. Yeah. Okay. Man, let's, let's do a Slay the Spire podcast. <laughs> let's talk about that. Just card, card roguelikes. Did just, you have like a lot of like Star Trek stuff like as a kid? Did you have like a lot of like random, like was your room Star Trek out? I, I had a... <laughs> Getting my, red. My 10th birthday was I just a Star Trek birthday. <laughs> it was like everything I got yeah. was just like Star Trek toys and the NES Next Generation game. And uh, so, yes, I had, when I got like a CD player from my room, one of the first things I got was the Star Trek Generation soundtrack. <laughs> and you know what was dope about that soundtrack? Because it had like 100 sound effect tracks <laughs> after the actual score. So it was like amazing sounding, like Hollywood explosions and like, Web, space weapon sounds. Were you able to uh, rip those and use them in like the videos you were making? Or oh, dude, I I wish I'd had like the technical knowledge to do that at the time. To do that, but no. that would have been so dope. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I understood at the time that I could get those files off CDs and use them. Yeah, uh, I was. It would be a couple years before I got to that point. I, I I would have to look at some YouTube videos. I mean, nowadays it's crazy that you can just like watch a YouTube video to figure shit out like that. But that's a uh, I. Hey man, I've been learning InDesign. I've been learning Illustrator. Illustrator is fun. I, I hate that because I've been using Photoshop my entire adult life. Yeah. Like, I am very, very good at Photoshop. All those programs, interface, completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing works the same yeah. across them. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Because you know what? You do Microsoft, you do uh, like Publisher. Yeah. And then you go to PowerPoint, same basic ideas. Yeah. And, what the hell, Adobe? <laughs> just constantly. So frustrated. Yeah. Like, you try to resize an image in fucking InDesign. I, I've been dealing with this very recently. Yeah, I kind of I, I yeah. remember that. I know I took some classes where I was doing both, and it's So you, re, you resize the bounding box, but the image doesn't resize. You have to actually, like, go to a menu option to fill the image into the new bounding box. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> Yeah, Illustrator is its own can of worms, but at least I'm like, yeah, yeah, vector graphics, I get it. It's cool. I just liked it because I, I made a lot of Little Big Planet levels where you did a lot of like, you just like build an object and the way you'd, you'd just add nodes to objects and like pull them and push them and stuff like that. Right. And that's a lot of what Illustrator is. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, it works you know. kind of the same way where it's like non destructive, whereas yeah. if it's raster stuff in Photoshop, it's all destructive all the time. <laughs> Deeper for Photoshop? Well, I'm more comfortable with it, but. Depending on what kind of work you're doing, Illustrator gives you a lot more control. Yeah. Because Photoshop has uh, shape-based stuff, vector stuff in it, but it's not as powerful. Yeah. Because like Illustrator, you can you can take one line and do infinite things to that one line. Yeah, dude. You can make that line do crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the shit, man. Photoshop, no, you cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Good talk. Yeah, yeah we are so... <laughs> We're not, we're not even fucking recording this podcast. <laughs>
All right, Top Gun. Uh, dude, do you want to just skip the Game Boy section? <laughs> yeah, dude, let's get, let's, let's get to the comic. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I, I will say raw deal on uh, Turn and Burn and Top Gun getting the uh, two similar games shoved together yeah. in a way that now nobody can tell them apart in a feature thing. Yeah, that did. I honestly, again, I feel like you always noticed that. I thought this was the same game. Two separate games. Hey, do you think, okay, can you imagine working at the publisher for one of these games and you're like, oh, we're going to be a Nintendo Power. Awesome. And then the issue comes out and it's this. Like, <laughs> how many just like furious conversations, you know, how many just raw meetings or where they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, uh, it got screwed. No, no other way to put it. Anyways, yeah, we don't need... Let's get to the comic. Hey, you know what? This comic still rules. Dude, I... I to be honest, if I were to... So this is a Super Mario Adventures comic. Yes. If I were to see uh, a uh, a co- compilation comic at like a bookstore, I would I would buy it. Yeah, me too. That's at this I'm point... At. I would, I'd buy it. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a fan. And I don't know if it's because my expectations are so low. Or if um, <laughs> that could be the case, but I, I genuinely think I I don't know why, but something they're really uh, something about living in the Mario like pretend like the Mario universe, like the Super Mario stuff, treating mm-hmm. that like a real world that is living and breathing. I fucking love like I love the Paper Mario games. Yeah, because it's like, what if we grabbed the Mario world and that was like a real world that you like go to the store. Right. And I think that's a little bit of that. Like, I, I feel like just like reading a comic book about it where there, it's like, hey, this is kind of a real world. I don't know why, but I'm so charmed and down for that. Yeah. You know what? You know what's super fun about this that Paper Mario also does a little bit is it's not just the rules of a Mario world where it's like kind of heightened and silly and physical. Yeah. But there's also everybody's kind of attitude or opinion about everything and everybody's so amped in this entire comic they're so amped i know dude I, it is everyone's energy is fucking off the wall it's it is great it's one of my favorite things like in a comedy world where like because it gets a little old when there's just like one character is like oh we're doing that and it's just like shut oh, up yeah like let's shut just- up steve <laughs> yeah like, can we all be fun yeah can we all have some fun and yeah. be like for this so um yeah, let's do you see. give a little bit of a lowdown of uh it's- yeah, so we open on like uh, a Co- a Cooper Kid Tower, um, and all the almost all of the Cooper Kids, six out of seven, um, right. are playing a f- inverted Mario game where the superhero is a King Cooper, and the enemies are little Mario's. So yeah, like a Koopa is jumping on Mario's like they're Goombas. I didn't even notice that. Again, it's, this fucking comics, it's got jokes. So fucking good. It's got jokes, man. It's they're doing it. And then, um, then the TV is taken over and Bowser like screams a bunch of orders at him. Um, and specifically when he first shows up on the TV and he's distorted, there's a panel here where his face is all stretched out sideways. And like, that was one of my favorite. I thought that was so funny. Even when I was a kid, (laughs) he looks amazing. Like the art in this comic is so fun. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah. Like King Cooper is planning for his big wedding to princess toadstool. He's like, Hey kids, I've, you know, I've done a good job raising you, but you need a mom. And then this, <laughs> yeah, is that like, has that always been, cause I know that like nowadays, like, especially with like Mario sunshine, that was like Bowser's goal. Was that always, was Bowser always trying to marry princess Peach? Was that like always his thing? I, I don't, 
I think he was just kidnapping her. He's kidna- yeah. Does he kidnapped the princess to do what? I don't know. Because nowadays it's always about him like trying to marry her. Like that's a thing. Yeah. I, I don't. Is this is this is this the beginning of that? Maybe there might be. So there are other Mario comics we haven't read that are presumably not as dope as this one. Oh yeah, there's no way. This is such a fucking. This is like top. This makes me honestly. We should look up what other, what else this artist has done because honestly, yeah, it, it's all got to be amazing. Yeah, it like uh, and yeah, so he's got his like wedding cake, and it's it's like again, like it's just kind of like every panel has like fun to it. Like every, it feels like it's kind of like how I like in media in general. Like I prefer books. Like I don't want to feel like I'm reading a book where I'm just getting to the destination of it like i don't Mm -hmm. like it when i'm reading a chapter and it was clearly just building to something i love it when like every chapter is like take some joy in that moment yeah every single one feels like this crafted thing that the person liked and loved and like wanted to do and this honestly like so many panels in this is like there didn't need to be like three jokes in this panel but you did it and yeah he's got his cake is like 20 feet tall it's got like cannon sticking out of it yeah uh are those pipes? I don't know. They got it's they got, like pipes that are like shaped like cannons. It's like is it, the cake is literally looks like a Bowser castle. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And then, um, yeah, and then the little baker guy is like, the real one's going to be twice as big. And then he tells him that he wants it a hundred times bigger, which has got to be the worst <laughs> news this guy's yeah, ever I mean, heard. It's already pretty big because this, yeah, this cake is massive. If a hundred times bigger would be genuinely like the shape. It would be like a cake castle. Yeah, it would be cool. The entire. Hmm. Cake castle, you say? Yeah, <laughs> now, now you got to think about this for a second. That sounds awesome. Yeah, you know, size of an aircraft carrier. So yeah, uh, he tells the Cooper kids to watch Princess Toadstool, and they're already playing the game again. So he, of course, bursts through the TV screen and screams at them, sending them flying. Because yeah, and also they, um, man, this comics is so good. Uh, be, in the previous issue as well, uh, Princess got taken away. So it's there's some canonical serialized that's but, right yeah she was captured in the yeah. last one after she almost gets all of her toadstool guards killed in the desert and so the koopa <laughs> kids go to find princess peach in like in like the prison and she's not there yeah so they open and go inside and in keeping with the version of peach in this comic she is like a warrior badass <laughs> was wild she is like pinned up in the upper corner yeah, above them she's like spider-man like she, on the ceiling she has ninjaed herself <laughs> up into the corner of her cell and drops down and kicks the shit out of them and escapes and <laughs> locks them inside they have never princess peach has not been calm for a literally every panel from the first issue to this one she is con. She's she's literally just a ninja. She's in like she, an eleven the whole time. It's it's fucking awesome. It's it's so oh god. And this is great too because I feel like in the previous ones, like th- this is definitely a peach issue. Like she's yeah. all over this. She, um, I even love the way they draw her running because they do the thing where her dress is kind of billowed out and there's just like the puffs of smoke because she's running so fast. Yeah, uh, which is a thing. I guess she does that in uh, Super Mario 3D World and stuff. Um, yeah. So, and then, uh, uh, Wendy Koopa, the girl Koopa kid, uh, shows up and they, uh, they have a little spat, but first we got to go back to the, the Mario's. And I guess that toad that I thought died in the last issue is still alive. So yeah, he's doing okay. And even like, um, so they, yeah, they cut to, again, this is kind of canonical. So like Mario, Luigi and Yoshi are now kind of like a side team. Yeah. Um, and Mario's also got, um, 
kind of that manic energy. I think they are like, they literally, so there's the tower that the Koopa kids are in and there's a huge moat around it mm-hmm. full of like gators and, you know, monsters and shit. And they're like, how are we going to get past this? Uh, we need a boat. And Mario immediately says, who needs a boat? And just jumps in and immediately gets attacked by monsters. Yeah. So it's the, it's the thing this comic has done several times where he is screaming and panicking as his eyes bulge out of his head and he's, you know, <laughs> and then you go back to Peach and she gets into, uh, she's being chased by guards and runs into Wendy's bedroom and stops her by threatening to shred like a jacket she loves yeah. <laughs> or like a blouse or something. Pretty fun. Uh, and, and I thought that was amazing. Um, I've got to, I've got to say the Mario peach relationship has to be fucking wild. (laughs) (laughs) That has got to be an explosive relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You mean like like the, the romance, the romance. Yeah. It's gotta be, uh, cause both of them literally every half the panels, they're just jumping into danger without thinking at all. It's so, yeah, it's so, um, Yeah. No, no looking before leaping. It's like I feel like they, leaping before I feel looking. like every time they go on a date, like Mario gets a tattoo, they end up in jail. <laughs> you know, I have never seen a truly great uh, depiction of that relationship, and it feels like there's an opportunity to to like use this comic as the the, the jumping and, off point. And the weird thing is, like that's something like that I agree. I, like I think that'd be generally fun to play with, and like. Uh, normally when we like start to say like, Oh, it'd be cool. If they do this with every comic in this magazine. It's like, of course they're not. That's that'd be fun. Well, they would never have fun. Uh, but with this, I'm like, they might, I just realized, um, there is a movie that depicts this relationship. Oh really? And it's the David Lynch thriller wild at heart. <laughs> never seen it, but that's funny. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, I think it's why, yeah, they're the wild at heart kids. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. So, that that's funny. Uh, 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 so yeah, more Koopas come at corner in the room, and then yeah, the comic basically ends when she well, she does she quickly does the bowl thing to one of the Koopa. The uh, one of the Koopas just starts running at her full speed, and she does the like the red flag bowl thing. Yeah, where but you trick a bowl and make him run into the wall. It's a yellow cloth, and fans of Super Mario World will remember Mario's cape is yellow. Which again, like that is like uh, I'm okay. Like this feels very like best case scenario like with the mario movie it's like people i think i've heard people be like oh i hope it's not like super winky and it's like there's a version of it that's tasteful and i genuinely think this comic is doing a really good job of like hey here's a fun reference dude we've seen this before uh, we've said this before but like if the movie was this tone yeah i oh man it's gonna be good it'd be so good we'll see uh yeah so she um Peach uh, falls presumably to her doom, but with the mysterious cape-like cloth, and that's the cliffhanger. Yeah, so she falls off with that cloth out of the tower from the very top. Yeah. Then they do like the Rocky and Bullwinkle, like, our heroes are in a real pickle. Tune in for the next episode, C-sharp or B-flat. And then the the Mario Brothers have pushed up the corner of the page. Which is so fun. Yeah, yeah like, as if <laughs> as if there's like a backstage behind the comic book, they like peeled it off, and as if they were hanging out behind the panel. And Luigi bitches about Peach getting the spotlight for this issue. Which shut up, Luigi. <laughs> and Mario says, "Break a leg, princess." Which that's not a nice thing to say to <laughs> someone who's falling. I, I like that they've committed. Like Luigi's just straight up shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi just sucks. What a banger, man! That's good stuff. And honestly, back to back, another pretty interesting. Um, yeah, th- this uh, 
Yeah, this next part is amazing too. So this is a this is an article I very specifically remember. I probably read it a half dozen times as yeah. a kid. It is about the upcoming Super NES CD add-on that they made in partnership with Philips, which if you know the history is really interesting. Is what's the history? Um I think we have talked about this we on might the pod have, before. They, so they did the PlayStation. Is that is that what happened? Was they ended up bailing on the Nintendo and 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 back to the PlayStation? Is that what that was? So Sony and Nintendo were in a partnership before this article came out. And they were going to announce their partnership at a big conference. Yeah. At a like a trade show or something. And then Nintendo completely fucked Sony at the last minute by instead announcing that they were partnering with Philips. Oh, okay. So that's what happened. Yeah. Man, they got, they got, that was not a good, that did not work out. Nintendo did the thing that Sony then did later when they were a games company of getting a little too full of themselves. Yep. And it came back to bite them because of course this CD add on with Philips never came out. Yeah. Never. Did it even come out in Japan? I think somebody, Saw found a prototype, a pro- of it. but it didn't. It didn't even. It wasn't like even. It didn't make it to us. It no, didn't, it no, it never not, even made. It's not it like the disc anyone. drive for the Nintendo sixty four yeah, or something. Because I know yeah. that Nintendo sixty four. I didn't know this existed, but I knew that Nintendo sixty four had a disc drive scenario with it. Uh, mm-hmm. But that came out in Japan, but never America. Uh, yeah, it was the same as the um, the floppy disk drive for the Famicom, where it came out there, but they just figured out how to do everything the disc, the special games for that disk drive could. Just in regular cartridges. Cartridge yeah. By the time they would have shipped it, that's interesting. I have to wonder also if them letting Sega get to market first with Sega CD, and they saw how these games turned out, and they saw the CDI and the 3DO, and they're like, you know what, we should just maybe lean into 3D. Yeah. The um, uh, yeah. I mean, they haven't had a the, the Nintendo add-ons like. There's a lot of like talk of these like add-on things for your system. None of them panned out. And they did do. I mean, when they got to the GameCube, they put out a bunch of. They had the Game Boy adapter, and they had that yeah. crazy link cable. And so they actually went for it on that system. Yeah, I guess that was like the one system that they went for it. And and like Four Swords Adventures was awesome. Yeah, actually, like, and it was kind of like I remember. My, like I had friends. Like a lot of people had those. It wasn't like it didn't yeah. like bomb i guess um so this this article spends a lot of time explaining what cds are and what they can do for games which nowadays it's like this is very cute yeah Um, you know like saying that a cd can hold two hundred and fifty thousand text pages (laughs) (laughs) you know up to five over 500 megabytes of information um the thing that I was surprised by that I did not remember is they actually show a picture of the Philips CDI. So the the this partnership, again, briefly, like the CDI was a three uh, CD-based game system and multimedia player, kind of like the 3DO, but way worse. Yeah. And um, because of this partnership, Philips got the ability to produce these absolutely wretched Nintendo franchise games for the system that... And you can find memes all over the place for them because yeah. the animation they did for them was so cheap as two Zelda games and one or two Mario games, I think. Some of the worst, like the worst games in the franchise is hand down. Hands oh, down. yeah. Did they do? Because, yeah, those are like the notoriously bad Zelda games. 
Yeah, it's like Wand of Gamelian and some other one. Yeah. There, there, there is one that stars Zelda. So yeah. it's like the first one yeah. that you can actually play as her. But yeah, just terrible. Like most of the games on CDI were quite bad. So wait, what, what did that go to CDI? It was... So it's it's a console that runs on CDs that was like really early to market. Yeah, and it, and like it kind of had a partnership with Nintendo. Yeah, because Philips was going to provide the tech. They even say how much the CD add-on was supposed to cost for the SNES, 200 bucks, which nowadays would be like $400, which is Damn. it's not cheap. Uh, the crazy thing is the second half of this, as they're trying to pitch the concept... <laughs> At the time, I was so impressed by this, but what they're doing is showing a bunch of still frames from the second, ga- uh, the seventh guest, the uh, interactive full motion video puzzle game. Yeah. This, this game is really neat if you've never played it, but like they vastly overstate how fun the game and interactive <laughs> the game actually is. Yeah. Because they're just like, oh, you can click on these coffins in this crypt. And it's like, yeah, I know <laughs> it's missed, you know, like you yeah. can't eat. It's not as interactive as perhaps it came across. So interesting. Yeah. It is, that is super interesting. It, it's uh, yeah. I'd say this is like the more interesting part of this magazine is when we get something that didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, what's really crazy is we should keep this one, this uh, issue in mind for when in a couple of years they put out a big article talking about how CDs are bad and cartridges are good. I know totally. I thought that was very <laughs> funny as well. Cause I know that's, you mentioned that's something they eventually do. Who's your favorite counselor in Ooh. counselor's corner of this issue? Um, kind of, kind of an unlikable bunch. Um, I like Melvin Forrest. he, he looks the most unlike a games counselor. Yeah. I think it's because he's wearing a suit. He kind of looks like a car salesman. He does look like a car salesman. <laughs> but he's not. He's a games counselor. That's fun. All right. Now we're in the SNES games and uh, the Adams Family based Ooh. on the, the Barry Sonnenfeld film. Good, good for them. Yeah. I like the Adams Family. Yeah. I, like it, I like it a lot. Maybe not this game. I've never. I should watch it because, like, I, I I definitely have a soft spot. I love silly, spooky. That's and totally like, yeah. And, and I think that's the 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 grand the grand father of of silly, spooky is the Adams family, right? It's like back in the day, the sitcoms you had the Munsters also. Yeah, but I would argue like the Munsters is a normal sitcom where the characters happen to be monsters. Yeah, and this is like the Adams family is like. From a family quality standpoint, they're a really good family. They're very loving and supportive, but they're very weird and macabre. And, uh, you know, lots of guillotines and, you know, electrocuting festers so the light bulb in his mouth lights up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I love the Adams family. Fun. Oh, and we're here. We're here at the... Centerfold. And what partners better with the Adams family than Street Fighter Two? I mean, it's a it's a pretty tight poster, honestly. I dig this. It looks like it's original art for the magazine, like they hired some illustrator to do it. Yeah, uh, it's the original eight World Warriors. Street Fighter, yeah, and they're just all battling. That's cool. They're all battling at the same time. Dawson's uh, breathing fire against uh, Zangief's back. Cheap move. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> You yeah. can't even do that in the Zan- video game. Zangief's in a pretty rough scenario. He's getting fire breathe. Then he's got a guy who's on cop 
he's just a lightning ball shooting straight for his chest. And a guy, everyone else is just like having a normal one-on-one fight. Yeah. And then Zangief is just getting double, double fucked. Uh, Guile is fighting E Honda and Chun Li at the same time. Oh, that's true. Okay. I, you know, what's funny though is I expect Guile and Zangief to win both of these fights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, whatever. Uh, it's it's the WrestleMania game. My favorite part about this is that there is a wrestler, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. I, I mean, mean, calling anybody a million dollar man is really funny. That is super funny. I mean, that's doesn't he like? Uh, I don't know if I'm like quoting. Doesn't isn't there a moment where he like fake buys the league? Yeah, yeah. He like he has storylines where he like pays other wrestlers to throw matches and <laughs> stuff, which is hilarious. So funny because none of it's real. Uh, there's uh, and yeah, another great one. The, the, I don't know if this is true, but it seems kind of like it might have been kind of the peak of wrestling to some degree because like. This is like Macho Man, Randy Savage. There's Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. He just has a big snake that he bite, <laughs> and He uses the snake to bite people. Like, the snake will bite people, and that's his whole thing. He's like out of shape, and he's got a big snake, and he just uses yeah. the snake again. That's so funny. It's fucking wild that The Undertaker was still actively wrestling as recently as, what, 2015, 2018? Yeah. Like, he's still doing stuff. Man, wrestling is awesome. I will say... What turned wrestling around for me is when a coworker years ago showed me the clip where it may have been WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, maybe, where it's like 40 or 50 wrestlers fighting. Yeah, they're they're like fighting in the kitchens, they're fighting in the parking garage. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin shows up and like one shots everybody. He like like knocks out everybody in the entire arena. (laughs) And my coworker, so his giant truck rolls up and my coworker just goes, here he comes. I was like, you know what? Wrestling's fucking amazing. Dude, wrestling's awesome, man. It, it's so fun. It's um, I, I, I definitely have like a soft spot. I really like just like very like simple gimmicky people. Like, uh, oh yeah. Like that's the thing I like, like in like even like Rick and Morty. Like you'll have like, I'm Spoon Man. You know, it's like something. <laughs> or that's like, honestly why I like Mega Man. Like, oh yeah. Uh, I think that's why I like, like all the, vil- like every single like robot is a just, I'm balloon man and just has he's he's made out of balloons i just has a Mega Man cartoon ever done that where like they give really simple broad comedic definitions to the different robots because that i don't know can you imagine dr wiley just like he has to go visit air man and air man's really annoying in a very specific way he's like all right whatever like the rick and morty style thing yeah totally like i actually do think that'd be like a great match god that'd be incredible actually honestly that sounds sick uh, I, I was expecting us to skip over the WrestleMania game, but <laughs> now I want to make a wrestling movie. Like, the Million Dollar Man does it for me. Like, it, yeah, it is. So, it's such a dumb idea. That's it. I think that's why I like wrestling. It's just got those like one note stupid thing that you just kind of play out and it's fun. <laughs> it's the same level of meta as like Amazon producing the boys TV show, wherein <laughs> the villain is a giant evil mega corporation. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's funny. the same thing. <laughs> All right, Super Smash TV. This game's awesome. Yeah, I love Smash TV. This, you mentioned earlier it, they have Smash TV on, on the NES. I'm sure you got to get it with the Super Nintendo. It's yeah. made for the Super Nintendo. You got to be able to shoot in every direction. Come on. Yeah, I got to have those face buttons. But this like looks like, I don't know if I'm wrong, but this kind of just looks like the actual game. Like it, This looks like it's 
the port of like a true port of the arcade. It's very close. I'm pretty sure it's two player too. If it's one player, that's savage. I'm pretty sure it's two. It's gotta be two. The functions of the dual joystick arcade controls have been successfully reworked to accommodate a single super NES controller. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's like nowadays, like dual stick style shooting controls are so common that that feels funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not, it's like, okay. It's like, dude, I've been playing the Binding of Isaac for a decade. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. No, that's I haven't really thought about it, but there is a lot of similar DNA between this and the Binding of Isaac. It's like a twin shooter, and you're just kind of going room from room, dude. There was in a, whatever direction you want. I'm gonna derail this even further. Um, in the Zelda comic, one thing I did not say is it was there are panels in this issue that are very closely like panels in Scott Pilgrim comic, like to the point where it's like, Oh really? Okay. Brian Lee O'Malley very clearly had a Nintendo power subscription and he had the same issues I did because there's a band called the clash of demon head. Yeah. There's a bunch of very overt legend of Zelda references. That's interesting. Super Mario brothers three. I mean, there's like a place you're going to pull from like that comic again is, is is like critical or kind of like bum, uh, bummy about it. I've, I've been, the art is so good. Like to, yeah, like that does feel like a place you'd want to steal from. Yeah, Brian Lee O'Malley's style, the the kind of thick tube legs is yeah. how we described it. <laughs> that That's very much his style. And I actually love, I think it's a great, really simple, clean way of drawing characters. I don't know, A+. plus. Yeah, awesome. I'm really sorry, but Nest- we're here at Nestor's. <laughs> Man, I can't do this today. <laughs> Nestor's event. Hey, you know what, though? This what? is not the worst Nestor's Adventures. Yeah, I mean, it's short, which is nice. It's Adam's family themed, and there's a key thing that is different about this one compared to the last few, and that is that Nestor is not the agent of chaos. It is Gomez Adams. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, still, but like, I don't know. Like the first, like, uh, like the first panel of Nestor's Adventures, it's like he's going up to the Adams family and the, their mailbox is Adam's family, RIP. And then Nestor reads that and says, RIP must mean ring in person. Why Why do you think he's at the house? Because they don't actually say in the comic. I think we got to extrapolate. Yeah, I um, just, uh, yeah, we're. <laughs> <laughs> so Nestor goes to the front door. And Lurch and Gomez answer, and Gomez is like, you have to help me find my family, which is what happens in the video game, I guess. Um, And then the bear rug bites Nestor's head and starts to eat him. And Nestor calls for help, and Gomez says, I already looked in there, follow me to the kitchen, which, honestly, pretty funny. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, I think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just, yeah, they're just kind of jumping around. Yeah, they they do some stuff and like yeah, it's very much Gomez is the heightened crazy one and Nestor has Rye commentary, which I feel like the last few have been Nestor trying to do stuff and another character telling Nestor that he sucks. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to see uh, Nestor like I think he just needs a ro- someone who's crazier than him, and then he can, then he can finally. Um, it's like that thing. I feel like Nestor is at his best when he's uh, being attacked by an older person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know? a, a more, yeah. Like, so, okay. And the comic ends. Gomez is like, it's 
time time to have lunch. And he's making a sandwich full of like a fish and like snakes and bugs and stuff. And Nestor's like, I lost my appetite, which that's hilarious. Nice. It's, yeah, it's I mean, it's not it's classic zing. Yeah. He really, he really got him. I, I had to look this up and I went down a rabbit hole because I was trying to find, I don't think the Adams family eating bugs and stuff is a bit. I, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. Listeners correct me, but like, I don't remember, you know, like Gomez, uh, he sword fights. He, you know, he, he's like, he's, he's amped. He's amped like princess peaches. Yeah. But I don't think he eats bugs. So it just doesn't feel right. So I started looking up. <laughs> this led to a thing where it's like, okay, what yeah. was the comic the Adams Family shows and movies ba- based on? And it's like a New Yorker cartoon by Charles Adams. Okay. Um, starting in like the 1930s. We're talking like a 50-year run of like... And, and then I started looking, well, it's like... I'll just buy a collection because I love the Adams family. Let me just get, <laughs> and you can't, you cannot get all these comics in one simple place. They're, oh, really? They're, they're, like, they're like pretty hard to find? Th- nowhere, you know, like you, you go look up Peanuts, you know, Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Yeah, you get all these compilations, right? Yeah, there's like 20 different compilation, compilations, and, compilations, and it's like super simple. This is like, I still don't understand what book I need to buy to get all the Charles Adams cartoons with the Adams family. Huh. Uh, so were they hard to find like for free? Like are there PDF scans and stuff or no, it's, it's also, it's too snooty cause it's a New Yorker cartoon. <laughs> it's probably easy to get the movie and the shows. Yeah. Like even the old, uh, the old Sean Astin sitcom, but like, I don't know. So the truth is I think it's wrong, but it could be totally an, a reference to, to a, like the fact that he eats bugs and bug, fish and bugs and snakes and stuff. Yeah. We got to find this out. <laughs> yeah. I, it's going to have to be earmarked for a later episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I have, I narrowed it down to a couple of books that might work. So I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Anyways, that's, I'm, that's, I'm sorry you didn't like this no, one also. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's, that's a funny rabbit hole. Um, yeah, no, you know, I'm just gonna... it's, it, we're answering the question. Is this comic mid and completely off canon or is it just mid yeah and this one was probably just mid i don't know player pull contact what is up with this magazine and fucking robocop yeah dude you can win robocop's car it's his cop car you buy his car yeah just that's a this is pretty crazy i tried to look in the fine print to see the part where they're like we, we had to put the limiter back in this cop car because cop cars have a limiter that lets them go faster removed or uh, like put it uh, like the thing that keeps civilian cars slow. Yeah. Cop cars don't have that. So they're more powerful. And of course, there's sirens. You can't have sirens on a civilian car. Yeah. This is a wild prize. Do, do you feel like do you think um, the winner of this is like, yeah, I got blow jobs in it. Uh, <laughs> Just repeated the the, the here. Let's uh, players pull contest. I'll be honest. Like if I won the booth, the phone booth, like I understand that that'd be pretty cool as a kid. I feel like what's a, being a twelve year old and just like winning a cop car. It's pretty wild. An eight thousand dollar cop car. Yeah. <laughs> they they say it's worth eight thousand dollars. You know, in nineties uh, money. Do you feel like I feel like there's like a hundred percent chance that this car was bought? Like this car now exists in like a old 
car museum thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's kind of what I like. I don't want this car to drive. Yeah. Uh, you'd put it in like a, a Hollywood, it's like a restaurant or something. Well, there is a, do you ever, do you ever like have an opinion of it? Like, I feel like um, if someone buys like a really nice car and they never drive it because they don't want it to get dirty, do you feel like there's ever like a point of like, that's pointless at that like oh yeah right? I, you know i don't even like the la thing of buying a nice car so i look good in my car i'm like who cares man it's uh, just a car yeah like la does i i do feel like i've got a little bit of that like you're um, dead broke but you have an audi like come on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like i but for um, a lot of people that that posturing is part of the la experience so yeah i posture in other ways <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you i feel like that i don't understand that yeah, I, I'm very utilitarian. I mean, it's why I drive a Honda. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> as long as the car is responsive and I can actually drive it. Yeah, I, I also just don't like. I don't like pulling rank on people. You know, you don't like dunking on people with something you purchased. <laughs> yeah, it's like or leased. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's one of my least favorite qualities in a person is someone who's. And like, I to be honest, I can accidentally be elitist in moments, but I really don't like elitism. It's uh, well. It, it's a work, right? Like it's not real. It's like res- pro wrestling. <laughs> like it's it's performative. <laughs> yeah. I still cannot th- this era is so wild. So you were you were always shocked by like the merchandising, like the kind of selling stuff to kids thing yeah. that this magazine shows from that era. I'm still blown away at how many R-rated like <laughs> fucked up movies are like, yeah, they're like, hey, kids, if you win, we'll just give you RoboCop 2. Do you have any idea how violent this movie is? Yeah. That- <laughs> it's so violent. Man, were there like... And it's not fun like the first movie. It's a Frank Miller joint. It's like really kind of bleak. It's just <laughs> fucked up and bleak. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, just straight up giving a kid a cop car is pretty fucking nuts. Wait, there is there is one really funny part in this movie. We we watched. I think we watched it around a different episode. It's when they're testing all the different RoboCop twos, and so they're putting like people's brains into robots, and they're all killing each other or other people immediately. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay, I take it back. It's only a little bleak. Man, yeah, there. I'm. So, I wonder if parents are like because I know parents like freaked out about that like first issue. Where like the cover was like the first oh, issue, this, the Castlevania one. Yeah, yeah, like, it was what, like the severed head. It was like the second volume, and this was like when people really started subscribing. Like people bought the first volume and they subscribed to the Mario like claymation the first, cover. Yeah, the the next thing. one is a oh, severed man. head. Uh, Getting some heat. I wonder if they got heat. Like I, I wonder if parents were complaining about the RoboCop stuff or not, or if it was going under the radar. I mean, they probably didn't know honestly because the cover is very obvious, but like. They could yeah, they maybe separate. didn't see. Yeah, they they found out with RoboCop two when the cop car showed up at their house with the RoboCop <laughs> <Yeah>. two videotape. <laughs> Can you like? I just it's, it's like parents that took their kids to see like Watchmen or something. Where it's just like that's not for kids. Yeah, it's like really not for kids. Yeah, I was definitely like as a kid, I was watching a lot of Adult Swim, and it took a while for my parents to be like, "Oh shit, they shouldn't. He shouldn't be watching that." It took a while. <laughs> it took a couple of years. Really? Yeah. Like how old were you? Um, so I was like always watching Adult Swim, like from uh, from day one. Um, oh no way! Yeah. So you were like four or five, somewhere yeah. there. And then yeah. I think around the time I was like probably like six, maybe like fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. I think they saw an episode of Robot Chicken, oh, and no. they were like, "Oh, you can't watch that anymore." And it was like, traumatic. I, I was like so pissed. Yeah, that feels like 
maybe a couple years early. Yeah, no, probably. I mean, honestly, God, I mean, I don't, I, I kind of, it's weird because I feel like I'm glad that I watched it because it, it, I think it was slightly informative, but I for sure probably as a kid was like making jokes that I didn't understand. Mm. Like I was probably mm-hmm. like repeating the bad language, you know, I was probably uh... like, uh, yeah, it probably was making me like repeat stuff that I didn't understand in a problematic way. You watch like the un- uncut Dragon Ball Z episodes and go punch holes in your friends. <laughs> <laughs> You blow blow your friend up with an energy blast and his body's just crumpled up in a crater. <laughs> Yamcha. Do you feel like you, uh, <laughs> I don't feel like that I did that. I don't feel like I like recreated violence if I saw it. But if I would, if I thought it, if I just heard a joke, like if I heard a joke that I thought was funny, I'd probably say it. Yeah. Knowing that I shouldn't. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, certainly from the era when I was a teenager, there were comedy groups doing jokes that I did not realize uh, were not appropriate. Yeah. Um, let's leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) And let's on to the next one. Not now playing. Okay. George and Rob are back. Hey, George made them redraw his portrait. So he looks a little less, uh, (laughs) rotund. I think. Yeah. He he looks a little trim. Hey, he's wearing a crew neck sweater. Maybe he got in shape. (laughs) Maybe he got in shape. You can see the little V from the, the stitching on the crew sweater. That would be, um, rough to be like oh i'm getting my segment and they drew me as just a fat piece of shit <laughs> uh-huh i actually read a small portion of this that i thought was funny what's that uh the the game we were talking about earlier the thriller the the uh, oh yeah t uh thrillers thriller surfari yeah surfari the, the monkey who's on a skateboard and skateboarding so, monkey so nor- they're normally talking about these games and like saying their opinion they spend this entire game segment just debating <laughs> that's right whether um so there's like logs you have to avoid is like the obstacle yeah and they're spent the entire section debating whether it's a log a peanut or a manhole and they just cannot agree on what the object is in uh george's defense they look a little peanutty the texturing on the log yeah so i get it he's like it's for sure peanuts and other guys like yes yeah, for sure i'm i'm team log are, are you are i mean you? it's obviously a log yeah george is being cheeky yeah george yeah that was great my only note for this was that they slimmed george's picture down yeah Yeah. it it is still really interesting their commentary on the games is something you we've never gotten in the magazine before because it's actual like hey we played these and we have some opinions about them yeah uh whereas the magazine is pretty sterile in how it presents stuff there's not kind of yeah i yeah I i think it's a fun segment uh, I, I, I feel like I'm not going to continue reading it every time. Uh, and I've, I've been reading less and less, but it's fun. It, it adds some personality to the magazine. Hey, it's the top 20. Hell yeah. Uh, here I can go first. Let's do, I'll do the Game Boy top three. There you go. Number three, number three, the Battletoads. Yeah. Number two, Super Mario Land. Ooh. Number two. Ooh, it got, it got dethroned. Number two. Just barely, though. We're talking yeah, like less than 200 votes. Nice sliver. Uh, by number one, Metroid 2, Return of Samus. Good for them. They, they did it. I'll do, I'll do the next Super NES. Uh, yeah, number three is The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. That's got to climb up, right? Yeah, 9,000 points seems it, low. Yeah, it feels like that's got... It's, it, number two is F-Zero. Yeah, that's it's, not, it's no a better game than F-Zero. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> the, if it's not number one by the next magazine, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, and then at number one, Super Mario World, very of course, very standard. 
Uh, and then, games. yeah, the NES, uh, three games we've never heard of. <laughs> uh, number three, The Legend of Zelda. All right. Number two, Battletoads. Oh. Number one, Super Mario Brothers 3. It, it really is. I think we've mentioned this before, but like since games aren't really coming out for the NES as much, like that's slowed down a little bit. It really is becoming just a best of list. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's interesting how many Ninja Turtle and Mega Man games there are in this top 20. Because I count... Batman is still on there too. That's cool. Yeah, it's like two Ninja Turtles games, three Mega Man games. I count. Yeah. Yeah, that's three of them. All right, whatever. Yep. Celeb, uh, celebrity player profile Eddie Furlong, who I completely forgot was in American History X. <laughs> I, I don't even know who this is. He's the kid in Terminator 2. I've never seen Terminator. Oh shit, man! I've never seen the Terminators. I need to watch. A- I I think the, if the next old movie I want to watch is Alien. Honestly, have Have you seen Aliens? I've never seen any of them. Oh, dude! Yeah, yeah. no, you. There's some bangers in right? those '80s uh, and '90s movies. Yeah, uh, isn't Alien like a genuinely like a really cool movie? Alien is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, Aliens is and great Aliens too. Is also good. Is that the sequel? Yeah. So Aliens was directed by James Cameron, who also did the Terminator films. Oh really? Yeah, I heard. I just heard a podcast talking about it, and they were saying like, um, they just—it's like a very straight. Like they do a very good job of just unsettling you, and it's like it's a very yeah. strange world. What's cool about Alien, especially, is it's from the '70s and looks so much nicer than its budget. Like it's a low budget movie, yeah, but it looks amazing in such a way that movies have been aping it ever since. And that, yeah, that's what's so James Cameron. How do they do the Alien? Is it like? Do you just like, is it like a puppet? It is not. It is a, well, you gotta watch the movie. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Some of the, some of the stuff about the alien is so creepy and terrifying. Yeah. But, um, for the full size alien, it was a very slender, very tall, uh, actor that they had. I think it was an athlete <laughs> that they put into this creepy ass suit. Whoa. And, um, yeah, man. Ah, just holy that's, shit. That's wild. My my version of this, like having a gap in my film knowledge, is I've never seen any of the. So I've seen all this '80s and '90s stuff because yeah. I'm a child of this era. Uh-huh. But I have not seen. I'm way behind on westerns. Oh yeah. Aside from yeah, I've seen like some John Wayne stuff. Um, yeah. And but I haven't seen any of the Man with No Name movie. You know, like the spaghetti westerns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So There's a lot of them. Yeah, good, good, the bad, and the ugly. I haven't seen oh, all the way through. That's a good movie, man. And uh, also Jean-Luc Godard, uh, Godard, whatever his name is, just died. And I've never seen any French New Wave stuff. Oh. So, so, yes. Honestly, that's, I feel like that's a uh, less of a hole. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, no shame for not seeing good. Honestly, I'm jealous because like yeah. the, we uh, just rattled off like five or six movies yeah, I'll get, I'll that get, are like some of my favorite movies. I'll get to watch Alien for the first time. Dude, holy shit. Yeah. And honestly, like Terminator 2, one of the greatest action movies ever. Oh, really? Still great. Hmm. And if you haven't seen any James Cameron stuff, you can go watch True Lies. You can go watch The Abyss. Yeah. You can go watch, I mean, even fucking Titanic is amazing. I've seen Titanic. Okay. So. And Avatar. Avatar's pretty good. <laughs> I, 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 like, I liked it. 
Did you see the stuff for the new one where everybody had to learn to hold their breath for like three minutes? Oh, really? Like- <laughs> Including like Sigourney Weaver. Wow. So all the actors were doing underwater stuff, actually underwater in tanks. Whoa, that's awesome. James Cameron is nuts <laughs> in the best way. <laughs> hey, if you're a fan of Eddie, Eddie Furlong, uh, eh, don't do drugs. Does he do a lot of drugs? Is he like a celebrity kid who like went? It, it's It's more... Sad child actor shit, honestly. Yeah. Like he he got into substance abuse and yeah, kind of he's still around doing stuff, but like yeah, is a raw deal. Damn. What a bummer point yeah. to end the segment on. Man, shit. Uh, <laughs> hey in the pack watch, Street Fighter 2 is coming. <laughs> Man, what a game. Uh, yeah, I'm not I I do you like fighting games? I do. Yeah. Um, I haven't played them a lot recently, but I've had phases where I would get super into Soul Calibur 2. I played a lot. Gaura Mark of the Wolf, Street Fighter 3, Third Strike, nice. Tekken. Like, yeah, man, I've had, I've had moments. You've had, you've had, your, you've had your, your fill. Fighting games are fun. Yeah, it's um, the only, there's just like a small barrier of entry of just learning combos. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta yeah. learn characters. Yeah. Uh, there's also Team NT Four Turtles in Time. It's a great game. Yep. And that's pretty much it for the previews. <laughs> and like that's the magazine. I think that's it. Finally. Here we go. Hey, what are we rating? Um, you gonna rate uh, Cop Car and? <laughs> That's the RoboCop prizes. <laughs> yeah, the prime meeting, um, meeting RoboCop himself. Oh, I think we should should we rank toll booth versus cop car, <laughs> or uh, phone booth versus cop car. I'm in. I'm in. All right. And this is you as a 13 year old. Yeah. So you're a 13 year old, and you've won a cop car from the movie RoboCop Two, versus you won the phone booth from Bill and Ted. I got to be honest, winning the cop car, six out of ten. Yeah. Phone booth. Eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm around that. I honestly think I think four out of ten for me for the cop car because I just wouldn't be able to like use it. Yeah, and I feel like I get stressed. I'll just be like, I think it'd just be more of a stress. I'm like, I've just got this cop car. <laughs> it's just sitting in the driveway. It's just sitting in the driveway. Yeah, you you know that cop car is still in the driveway on cinder blocks yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, phone booth nine out of ten for me. That'd be sick. Maybe even ten out of ten. I don't know. It, be, it, it would come to define your teenage years. Like maybe you're the kid with the Bill and Ted phone. Actually, that is, maybe it would be a curse. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put it to an eight out of 10. It's, I, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't want uh, my personality to be a phone booth, but it's kind of, kind of, that would suck to get the cop car. Cause then you're just the cop car kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cop cars are huge too. They're not fun to drive. So even <laughs> if it becomes your like sweet 16 car is this yeah. Detroit police car from the future. <laughs> all right there we go hey um honestly both of those not my favorite prize that i would get at one of these i would definitely like that trip to rare or to lucas arts yeah i feel like that is i'm becoming more of that in general i feel like i'm i'm more of a if i when i eventually maybe at some point in my life have money to spend uh, i think vacations yeah that's the move experiences right? experiences yeah. yeah absolutely yeah phone booth drags you down <laughs> to tw- 
29 about to turn 30 and you're like I wish I'd never got that phone booth yeah, I, I want to see a drama about it's like have you ever like seen those like they won the lottery but that changed their life for the worse oh god uh, every want- single lottery winner like dies broke <laughs> and gets murdered by a family member <laughs> yeah and I think getting a phone booth is probably the same thing it's uh it's a curse I cursed the day I got <laughs> And now you're playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyouryourplaying.com. It's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>